welcome to the Everybody Podcast. Here, we'll dive into all things health and mindset to help you learn to push past your limits into a life you can be obsessed with. My name is Cassie, and I'm a personal trainer and health coach focused on guiding you toward being your healthiest, happiest self. So buckle up and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Everybody Health and Mindset Podcast. This is Cassie, your host. This week, we were supposed to have an interview, and I hate to disappoint you, but the interview didn't happen last week um, because the person I was going to interview uh, was sick, and she couldn't make it online and didn't sound or feel well enough to be able to record. So that's not coming this week. Hopefully, we'll get back together and organize that in a future episode or a future week. Um, So this week, I just did a little more research and dove into some websites, some studies, some reading to bring you a little more about gut health. So we're going to continue covering the microbiome today and discuss um, just a little more in depth about what your microbiome is and a few things that it does affect. Next week, interview or not, we are going to be talking about how to start working on improving your gut health. So that was going to be part of this interview. Um, And if we do happen to make it work this week, if she's feeling better, that will come to you via an interview. If not, I am going to do all the research and bring as much to you as I can, which is good for me because it makes me learn and I like to learn, which is part of the reason why I do this podcast, right? Um, So the information brought to you today is a combination of Harvard Health, PubMed, Washington.edu, and Healthline. So I've got a great group of sources, everything backed by research articles, and let's dive in. All right, so picture this. It's a Monday morning. You're downtown in a big city, wherever that is. Hundreds, if not thousands of people are moving along the sidewalk, cars everywhere. If you look, you know, from above, the freeways flowing in both directions, super busy. You get the picture, right? Now you can picture this at a microscopic level, and that will help you start to understand what your microbiome looks like. So your microbiome, also known as Um, your gut, right, (laughs) and what is inside your gut, exists throughout your intestines. It's also on your skin, in your eyes, ears, and nose. But the main part of the microbiome exists in the cecum, which is a pocket of your large intestine. And the main part of your microbiome weighs about two to five pounds, which is about as much as your brain weighs. So that's pretty interesting, right? Especially since we last episode, we talked about how your gut is often referred to as your second brain. Well, here's another reason why. It's about the size or and weight of that brain as well. Now, every person's microbiome is actually unique and specific to them. So this is something kind of cool that I learned. Um, It is like a fingerprint. Yours is yours, and it's not like anybody else. Um, It consists of bacteria, fungi, parasites, and viruses. And in fact, you are more bacteria than you are human, which is another thing I learned that really wowed me. So your body consists of about 40 trillion bacterial cells and only about 30 trillion human cells. So your body is made up of more bacteria than it is human cells. So that's pretty crazy, right? 
Your microbiome was actually determined possibly before you were even born. So your DNA is a big factor in your microbiome. And research is now showing that you may actually be exposed to bacteria inside the womb, which helps develop that microbiome before you're even born. The majority of that microbiome is actually developed from exposure to the birth canal, right? So during a vaginal birth, a baby's exposure through that birth canal introduces them and builds, starts building their microbiome for them. And then through breast milk from their mother, even if they're breastfed for just a short amount of time. So a large part of your microbiome mainly depends on your mother and the species of bacteria she had living inside of her or on her at the time you were born. And this is also something that I know some research is being done on is, you know, the prevalence of allergies right now and then also the prevalence of cesarean birth, right? Um, Whether that be electoral or emergency um, or maybe people that are kind of forced into cesarean birth, even though it might not be something that they absolutely need. And the fact that these infants aren't being exposed to the vaginal canal, which is what helps start to build our microbiome, our immunity, and all of those things. So there is a lot of research, um, interesting stuff being done on that as well. But because there are so many organisms in the microbiome, they generally coexist just fine, right? Like if we have trillions of organisms throughout our microbiome, and they weren't getting along just fine, we would have big problems, right? So generally, they coexist just fine, even though some are potentially harmful to you. Really, what happens is the good outweigh the bad, and they kind of keep the bad stuff in check, right? But an imbalance of the good and bad can occur from things like illness, eating a poor diet or a low-fiber diet, or prolonged use of antibiotics. When one of these things or a combination of these things happen, the bad organisms can start to take over, and this makes you susceptible to disease. Your digestive tract and your brain are directly connected all of the time, like 24-7 via biochemical communication, right? So gut health affects your mood, fatigue levels, quality of sleep, and so much more. The microbiome actually makes up about 90% of our serotonin, which is huge. And if you don't know, serotonin is what regulates our emotions, and lack of serotonin or lack of serotonin uptake in the brain is actually associated with depression. So there are many depression medications that are either serotonin replacement or they help those receptors in your brain actually accept the serotonin that's been make, made by your body. Now, our gut health and microbiome could potentially be a reasonable cause for many cases of depression, which is very, very interesting. But even if you're not clinically depressed and you're just having issues with mood or fatigue or things like that, it could be because your gut isn't producing the amount of serotonin it's supposed to be because of an unhealthy imbalance, right, of these bacteria or other kinds of um, cells that are in there. So there's also a lot of research being done with Alzheimer's disease and our gut. There's um, just really cool stuff being done. Again, currently, researchers have determined that humans with Alzheimer's 
all have a unique and less diverse community of microorganisms. So they did this through stool samples of patients with Alzheimer's, and the stool samples actually showed that each of them had a more similar and unique um, microbiome, which is interesting, right? Because we all are supposed to have our own different kind of microbiome. We're all different and unique, like a fingerprint. But these patients that have Alzheimer's, all of their microbiomes look kind of the same, and they really lack a lot of diversity. And diversity is something when we start talking about how to heal your gut is something that's really important, having a diverse amount of plants in your diet. But it's really, really interesting. And it kind of brings up the question and the work, you know, to be done that if we could change the microbiome of Alzheimer's patients, could we possibly change their state of disease, right? Or people with depression or people with any of these, um, you know, chronic illnesses, even cancer. There is a lot of research being done with cancer and the microbiome. And if we could adjust the microbiome, would it cause those cancer cells to stop replicating or replicate slower so that treatment could improve? Um, it's really a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's just very, very interesting. Now, your immune system is actually directly connected to your gut and your health and your microbiome status. So the microbiome controls how it works and how your body responds to infection. So a very large portion of your immune system actually sits inside your GI tract, which is also where your gut microbiome sits, right? So the two of them are located closely, and they're also very closely related. Another new research between gut health and the immune system is with acne. And this is really interesting, especially because I remember, you know, 15 years back or something when a baby would have eczema, um, it'd be like, oh, try this oatmeal bath or this lotion or whatever. And everything was being treated externally. And now they actually are treating babies more internally. Like if your baby has eczema and you are breastfeeding, the mother is recommended to stop eating dairy or stop eating gluten or one of these things that could cause a sensitivity in the gut microbiome, leading doctors to believe that if we cut out one of these irritations, will these babies' eczema get better? And the answer is yes, that it does. So this is another newer area of research um, just with acne and skin irritation in general as well, especially adult acne. So there's something called the gut-brain-skin axis that connects your gut microbiome your oral probiotics, which we haven't even touched on probiotics yet. That might be a whole nother episode. And your diet to acne. So even stress and emotions have been connected to acne, right? So remember that our gut health or our gut microbiome has a huge um, contribution to our stress levels and our mood and things like that. And so this research has shown that people, when they have higher stress levels, they actually aggravate their acne by altering the gut microbiome. So higher stress levels will cause inflammation in the gut and that can lead to skin irritation. 
This is the same with diet and the things that we eat. So eating certain foods, right? And for everyone, it might be something different, but there are some very common um, gut irritants, I will say, um, that people have discovered. But um, when you see an uptake in these type of foods, right? Like just like the infants that are nursing from their mothers, like an increase in dairy can cause inflammation in the gut because it's not sitting well in there with your microbiome. And then that causes eczema in the baby, right? Same as an adult. If we start consuming something that causes irritation in the gut and then we have a stressful day or whatever, and all of that causing inflammation can actually cause an acne outbreak. And so this is another area of research that is just really, really interesting. Um, We've been treating so many things from the outside, right? We think our skin or skin's on the outside. So if we have acne or skin irritation or a rash or something like that, that we need to treat it from the outside. Um, But really, remember I said your skin is part of your microbiome. So most of it's in the gut, but much of it is on the skin as well, and it's all connected. So maybe we need to be treating these skin irritations from the inside instead of the outside. And so if you're somebody that notices that you're having, you know, this acne that no matter how much the dermatologist gives you to put on it, it's not going away, then chances are maybe it needs to be treated from your gut instead. And what does that look like for you? Um, And how can you go about doing that? That's something that I hope to get into in our next episode, whether it is through interview or through me doing more research and educating you myself, right? So a lot of gut health research is really relatively new when it comes to science, right? So there's some things that have been researched for hundreds of years and gut health is not one of them, but it's kind of this new edgy thing, which is also probably why it was brought to my attention. Um, And of course, there are some known unknowns and there always are in science. Even with things that have been studied for hundreds of years, there are some unknowns, but I really find the research that is happening right now extremely exciting. Um, And to read more about it is like at the top of my list right now because it really, really, really falls in line kind of with what I'm doing here with this podcast and what I'm doing in my virtual community and with my clients. And and all of this is really doing something as simple as maybe eating more diverse plants or lowering our stress levels or maybe reducing the amount of, you know, dairy or gluten or alcohol or, you know, name it, can actually contribute to preventing disease and chronic illness, right? Um, even something like depression, right? How many people do you know that have been diagnosed with depression? A ton. It's so, so common. And that rise in depression, yes, there's obviously environmental factors to that. But also if you look at the food that we have been eating um, and that has been available to us over the last, you know, 30 40 years and how that's changed and how all of our gut microbiome may have changed because of the things that we're eating, right? If we think kind of like into the 80s, that's when like 
microwave dinners and like ready to go packaged food or quick, simple meals kind of were starting to become more popular, right? Like TV dinners, pop it in the microwave and eat it, you know, things like that. And and the lack of nutrition in that. Um, also, sugar is a huge one. And we will talk about sugar as well, but just like a little preview of the amount of added sugar that we consume every day is just insane. It is so crazy. So I know I started the last episode talking about my own gut health journey, and I'm about a week in right now while I'm recording this, and I won't say that it's been perfect because it hasn't. Um, I personally have a lot of underlying emotional issues with eating, and so changing my eating habits is maybe more tough for me than it might be for others, although I think it would probably be difficult for anyone. Um, So I haven't been 100% perfect with it, but when I look at the added sugars, right? So I'm trying to limit myself to only 10 grams of added sugar per day. And that includes everything from like, you know, if I use syrup, that's an added sugar. So it's recommended my added sugars be either honey or like maple syrup, like the real stuff, not the Aunt Jemima stuff or whatever it's called from the store. Um, So, and then I look at like the supplements that I take and they're so... There's added sugars in my supplements, right? Like the two that I like to have already put me over my 10 grams without even consuming anything else. So it's like that choice of like, well, okay, well, do I have my supplements or do I find like an alternative or do I just not put anything on my food? Um, It's just, it's really pretty interesting. And sugar sugar in the form of like table sugar, but also um, like carbohydrates that are not rich, right? So not whole grain, I should say. So just those like white breads, white pastas, a lot of them just really get changed into table sugar as soon as they get into um, our gut and how that affects that microbiome. So that sugar actually feeds that bad bacteria or that, you know, that stuff in our gut that we want to keep in check, we're actually feeding it. And I know we touched on that um, in the last episode where we talked about your sugar cravings could be coming from your gut. Um, And like, how do you get past that, right? (laughs) How do we fix that? How do we reduce the amount of added sugar that we're eating so that we're only eating naturally occurring sugar, right? So if like an apple has, you know, a bunch of sugar in it, fine, because it's naturally occurring sugar. But as soon as we start adding, especially that white, like table sugar, we're starting to feed that bacteria that we don't want. And that feeds into all different things, right? Acne, mood issues, depression, um, fatigue. I think I already said that, but um, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. All these, all these issues that we have that doctors are like, oh, I don't know where that's coming from, or I don't know why you're so tired, or I don't know why, um, you know, you have diarrhea all the time, or I don't know why uh, your periods are so bad and your cramps are so terrible. There's no, there's no reason for it. I can't figure it out. It all could be connected to our gut health. And this research that is being done right now is just really, really exciting for, especially for people that have a chronic disease or even a fatal type disease, right? Like an end stage disease. 
if we could change that gut microbiome, right, could that change the state of disease? And then taking that even further and saying, if we can control our gut microbiome, which is kind of the the journey that I'm on, if we can fix it early, can we just prevent or eliminate this stuff from happening at all? And that's the real question. And that's exciting. And I don't know if it will really even happen in my lifetime or (laughs) if I'll be... um, on the breaking edge of it enough to even see it happen for myself. But it's really, really exciting stuff, at least to me. So I will end this episode with saying, just start thinking about it. Just start looking at labels, right? What do I eat every day? How much added sugar is going into my body? How many different plants am I eating every day? Am I drinking enough water? Fiber, fiber, fiber. And we'll touch more on this and get into more depth on this in our next episode. But um, it's just something I want you to start thinking about and considering. And if you're thinking you would like to join um, the group that I will be running, you need to register by April 25th. So it's April 17th. You have a few days. If you decide that you would like to jump into this gut health journey with me and a group of other women, that registration is open until April 25th. Um, You may have noticed that my... (laughs) Instagram handle changed a little bit. So I've created a separate Instagram for my podcast specifically, and that's more so I can reach more people in that niche because I feel like my podcast niche is a little different um, than my personal training fitness niche, right? Like it's just, um, they don't necessarily mesh completely. And so if you want to find me on Instagram via my podcast, it's at everybody underscore health underscore and underscore mindset. And if you want to find me personally and or, you know, the more fitness active side of me, um, it's at Cassie, C-A-S-S-I-E underscore Helzel, my last name, H-O-E-L-Z-L, and I will put it in the show notes. And I did that purposely so that you could follow me in one place or both places, depending on what your interests are um, or what your needs are or what you're looking to learn. So there will definitely be different content on both pages. Um, And so I'm hoping to reach just a wider spread of people that way. So I hope that didn't make things confusing for you if on the last episode you were trying to find me and couldn't or whatever. Um, But bottom line is you can reach out to me on either of my Instagram handles and inquire a little more about this gut health uh, protocol that I will be starting a group of women on in just a little over, I don't know, about a week, right? So April 25th is the deadline to sign up. I really hope some of you out there decide to take the plunge into this and start working on your gut health and disease prevention just a little bit more. All right. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening. And I will be back next week talking more about kind of corrective diet and eating and what you can do right now, like today, to start improving that gut health little by little. Have an awesome week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me that you are here. It would be amazing for you to share this episode on social media and tag me in it. Can't wait to be back next time. Talk soon.